to the WKIF Wrestling Network. My name is Max, also known as El Hijo del Barry e Irene. Um, <laughs> and we're doing a lucha show this week. Um, I am a lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, on this show, we bring on somebody who is not necessarily a wrestling fan, and we talk about wrestling with them. And I am joined... This week, as I am every week, by my co-host, the man with the hour, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour, former GWF announcer Craig Johnson. How you doing this week, Craig? That would be Craig El Hio Du Juan. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. It's a lucha show. Yes, this week is Ultima Lucha 1. And, and, and uh, from Lucha Underground. Yes. One of the one of the fine promotions that was misunderstood but loved by many and joining us to talk about it. Hold on. <laughs> Hailing from the hell pit known as Modesto, California, and currently residing in the slightly less hellish pit of Hollywood comes writer, filmmaker, and all-around short and doughy man-child, Damien Dobby! Hey, how's everyone doing? Uh, hey. I was trying to come up with a fun uh, luchador name. I gave it Pedo Demonio for Demon Fart. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like frantically looking up on my phone. I gotta have something funny. They have, they have, what's, uh, what's your guys', what's his, out of curiosity before we go, what, what is your guys' uh, uh, nickname mean? Oh, mine is just the son of Barry and Irene. And mine <laughs> is the son of John because I'm Craig Johnson, so right. that would be Elio de Juan. Uh, I probably should have done that. I should have picked up on that. Uh, but, no, I'm excited to be here. I actually, yeah. yeah it seems that so you both are like, lifelong fans. Then uh, I, I, I'm a lifelong fan. Craig is from the business. Yes, oh, I, really? I actually awesome. used to be an announcer when ESPN ran pro wrestling every day at four o'clock, one o'clock Pacific time. <laughs> oh, is that, that's awesome! Yeah, I was going to say you really good impression. Is it, is, is it? So you talk like that like, all the time? Is, 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 like <laughs> actually, I talk a little bit like this, and uh, you know. But when I put on my announcer voice, and they say, "Hey, hey, Craig, can you can you be an announcer?" Why, certainly I can. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, so this week, a little background on what we're watching. We're watching Lucha Underground. This was a show that ran for four seasons, four wonderful seasons. Mm -hmm. It was, as Craig said, a little misunderstood by, I think, diehard wrestling fans. Uh, it was unfortunately on a cable channel nobody got. Um, El Rey. I was going to say, yeah, oh, yeah, that's Robert Rodriguez. I saw him on the credits. Yes, Robert Rodriguez uh, was the executive producer on the show, and actually showed up on a couple episodes with his band. Um, okay. And it, um, yeah, this, it was a really interesting take on wrestling, because whoever was in charge of this show, which I, I don't think Robert Rodriguez was really not I, involved. I can tell you. Okay. Well, Chavo Guerrero. It was Mark Burnett. Mark as Burnett. As in, ah, Survivor Mark Burnett. Oh, no. As so in Amazing sense. Race, Mark Burnett. As in, who wants to be... Uh, no, he didn't do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But Mark Burnett, basically that the survivor guy mm -hmm. doing wrestling. 
That makes so much sense because the rest of my sentence was going to be whoever was in charge of this show decided that what people really appreciate about wrestling is the storylines. You're correct, sir. Because um, so this is the wrestling, I think, in the history of wrestling, this is the one that felt the most like television. Well, maybe Vince, Vince Russo, bro. Um, when he was in charge of WCW, maybe. But no, this feels like television. Like the the parts that aren't wrestling the angles are actually like filmed yeah filmed. that was something that definitely threw threw me off initially because i yeah. was like wait i don't remember that because I, I you know there's cultural osmosis to a certain extent about sure. wrestling and i knew they had certain skits here and there there's like I, I heard about i've heard about goldberg punching the, the car window and, yeah. and things like that um and some of the stuff that the crazy funeral stuff they did with wwf I had some friends tell me about that and uh, but, it, but yeah, watching initially it opens up. It's basically like a telenovela, or it, it's, yeah. it's literally just a scripted thing. And there's actually a scene later on. I don't know if we, if we go in order necessarily, but there, there's a scene later on where this guy fights another guy. And there's literally like in the scripted part where it's literally you hear the yes. kung fu sound effects, and it was yeah. just the most crazy thing. Like, wait, are there, are there, you can go, you can do that. And I was almost like, is that allowed? Well, the the cool thing that Mark Burnett did with this show that literally put it on the map as far as something different Mm -hmm. was the fact that Vince McMahon had been into his Mr. McMahon character for a long time. But what would happen if you actually put an evil, evil, evil man in charge of a wrestling promotion? A literal demon from hell. Right. And Um, that was Dario Cueto. Yeah. And... I, I can't remember the actor's name that played Dario Cueto, but oh my God, he was so awesome was from the first moment of this yeah. entire series all the way to when he became dead and came back as another person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and Lucha Underground was filled with all kinds of things like characters dying and coming back as other people. Um, when there was a character who was like supposed to be an undead monster or something, they actually had powers. You know, there were, um, uh, Aerostar was literally an alien. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember yeah. at the end, he like, is on a jet pack and like, yes. you just see him fly or <laughs> yes. kind of, and uh, he's actually literally a dragon. Uh, and right. just a question yes. I, I, I do kind of want to ask is how, um, cause someone who's not, again, it's very, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a novice to, wrestling in general, but I knew about The Undertaker. I know about Kane. I know about some of that stuff who, uh, video game, to my background of wrestling, like I came from the video games. Mm. So I used to play, um, when I was a kid, uh, junior high or something like that. But like, I would would play SmackDown games. Uh, before that, the acclaim, like in, in, uh, well, PlayStation and 64 era, where you can create your own characters. And that's Mm -hmm. what I really loved about that. I would make Mario. I would make myself, my friends, (laughs) Um, and I would make just, you know, Batman, whoever, wherever, wherever you can do <laughs> yeah. the janky ass, janky ass, uh, controls. Oh, wait, can we cuss? I don't know if we can say. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Fuck yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I just went, yeah. So that was what got me into. So, so, but yeah, but through that, through, through osmosis, I actually did kind of learn a little bit about uh, outside the really big stuff. So like uh, when I was in sixth grade, um, elementary school, like, that was right smack dab in the middle. I guess it's called the Attitude Era. That would yeah. be the yes. rock, so cool to Because I like 32, so I've been like the late 90s, sure, early 2000s. And so that was really big. You had kids wearing the 316 shirts. You had, you know, what's the rock cooking? Can you smell what the rock is cooking? 
that yeah. kind of stuff. That stuff was like huge. At least, and also, I'm from like smack dab and juggalo era uh, area, and <laughs> sure. uh, right, I come from Odesto, so that's actually like right back. It's like the asshole of California. It's literally just. <laughs> It's one of the few, like, you look at, like, an electoral college things. there's, like, red yeah. dots. You have Orange County and you have us for, like, completely different reasons that we're red. Um, oh. I, and, uh, yeah, so, um, and so, so you, I don't know how much that played into it. I don't know how popular it was like, everywhere, but I know in my elementary school, it was big with all the boys, a lot of the boys. I was, like, the only yeah. few, I was one of those assholes that's, like, is the reason why you're called? I know it's fake. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was always I was kind of a douchebag about that. Um, exactly. And it's only recently I've gotten past that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so I learned. So I, so I knew about Kane. I knew about uh, Undertaker. Kind of. I don't know if do the games through osmosis, but like they have powers. Like Kane would make fire exist, and like Undertaker's technically a zombie. So I like. I'm curious how actually how weird this should. Because I kind of assumed that was kind of part of the course. But you guys are saying it's not. Well, in this particular show, uh, Mark Burnett and the people, the wrestling people around him, led by John Fogelman, otherwise known as Johnny Mundo, now known as, what is he known as? John Morrison. He's John Morrison. Um, and Shava Guerrero, uh, and the people from AAA down yeah. in yep. Mexico had come together with this idea of doing a, uh, a lucha show for the El Rey Network. Now, this mm -hmm. could have been for a much bigger network, but El Rey was very well funded at the time by Comcast, mm -hmm. and it was their, uh, basically, the Hispanic BET. That's yeah. what they wanted it to be. Yeah. Right. So the amount of money they threw at this show, um, yeah. plus Robert Rodriguez being behind it as well, you could tell why they wanted to do the cinematic things and what would happen if mm -hmm. a Hollywood storyteller was able to come up with the storylines and the characters in yeah. professional wrestling. So that's why everybody's so polished in this show. Right. You don't have, there, there's really no uh, question as to who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. Yep. But the Aztec mysticism literally gave us the through point that everything went through. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was and genius. Answer, and to answer Damien's question... Whether or not uh, a character has powers is completely dependent on what story the WWE wants to tell at that moment. Okay. So, uh, and especially with long-term characters like Kane and The Undertaker who have been around forever, a lot of it depends on who's writing the show okay. and what kind of story they want to tell. So sometimes The Undertaker, for example, will be uh, a biker who's just a guy who's grown up in, in the wrestling business and put his whole life into the wrestling business, and sometimes he is an undead zombie that can summon lightning from the the, uh, the rafters. Uh, let's, let's put it this way. One of the lowlights of my career in the Global Wrestling Federation was that I saw a guy in named Lester Spite in uh, Baltimore. Amazing body. I thought he could work. Uh, apparently, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> and he brought in the character of Rasta the Voodoo Man. Oh, no. And the Rasta idea the was that Rasta, through voodoo, would uh, disable everything about you and immediately pin you and not even have to fight you. <laughs> now, as bad as that was, the WWE stole it a few years later and made it Papa Shango. Papa Shango. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, one question I have, one more question, because right? I'm a huge comic book guy. 
Um, sure. this, there seems to be a lot of like I was, as I was watching, especially this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely saw a lot of you know, re, you know, it seemed very comic booky, which is cool, mm-hmm. and it seemed very like anime, Shojin anime yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cross pollination, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But so with, with when it comes to the Undertaker and Kane, and I'm assuming WCW and stuff like that, I, I, is it well, so when he's an American badass, the motorcycle Undertaker, for instance, is motorcycle guy. Is he was he a zombie? Like, do they do they keep that? They just pretend it didn't happen. Do they retcon it? Is it like Crisis on Infinite Earths, or it's like, oh, that was pre Crisis Undertaker, post Crisis <laughs> yeah. Undertaker? Yes, yes, yep. that's or exactly it. it. Oh, okay, yes. okay. Um, so they re- they reboot it. All right, that's what I was kind of curious exactly. about. Exactly, um, Re- reinvention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then one of the other interesting things about this show is that they didn't, um, they didn't promote it like. A typical wrestling show. Mm-hmm. They never ran a pay per view. Uh, they ran out of the same building. They never toured the promotion mm-hmm. because it was a soundstage in LA. Um, so <clears throat> that meant that their big shows, like Ultima Lucha, which was their season finale every year and their okay. WrestleMania, uh, was happened as part of the weekly show. Um, and they had a couple like that. They had um, Aztec Warfare, which was their uh, Royal Rumble, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this show opens with a video package showing some of the highlights of matches we're going to see. Oh, and I should mention this is over two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three hours, and, yeah, and it was almost three hours. I was not off mic where it was like, I was, I was really busy this week doing this. Uh, doing a bunch of stuff on my my job, and so I was like, but I went, really wanted to do this. I was, I was like, I just kind of excited to be on the podcast. Like, I kind of want to talk about this. <laughs> Thank you. But but the thing was though, because the first episode was like forty six minutes. Oh, I could do this. I kind of was working late at night, and then they said the two hour uh, season finale. Like, wait, is that the episode I'm doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh no, it's like three hours, and it, and it ended up being like four or five hours because I was taking notes because I would stop every moment. Oh, yeah. You didn't want to miss things. Sure. Know? And so uh, it was fun. I mean, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't the worst. You guys like. Talk emphasis like almost like the Calvin Hobbes noodle incident, the worst episode ever. Yeah. Uh, but like, I'm glad it was actually fun. Like, I, I can't yes. imagine having to have done. This. I might not have been as happy to be on the podcast. If that was the case, but, <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely. And that show is three and a half hours. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and, and, and the, yeah, Sorry. Max, you, you had mentioned something, and it really mm-hmm. goes to show how amazing the the staging for this show was. You said the show was done in a soundstage. Right. It was actually done in a warehouse in the Boyle Heights district. Oh, okay. They built that that set within a warehouse that it was it really was a dilapidated warehouse. Yes. And they built it in there to create what they called the temple. Right. Yeah. Which it was, was supposed un- to be an underground fight club that exactly. somehow still had a television contract. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> It's always that. It's always that. It's always that buy-in you have to have with exactly. Like that. Yeah. And and more than anything, the temple was a character in the show. Oh sure. I mean, yeah. There was a whole season where they did the mystery of the temple and what yep. did the temple hide? Yeah. Oh, cool. I yeah. I, I remember because I, I do. I remember I was a little bit initial. I was. I'll actually make so initially when I first started watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little worried because it was like it was doing the the. the previous on like i, I right. didn't know this initially was going to be because you guys just gave me links i hate to be it's like okay let me watch this i didn't know it was going to be a season finale but they were doing it and i was like i am lost and so i had to put but i just like i think i put more <laughs> notes in that part like, who's this guy's name and this is going to come up later and luckily it was actually pretty clear once you know it started going thank god you know um 
but the initial part of it was like, oh, I gotta keep up. What is this? It's like you know, so many storylines going on, and, yeah. and a lot of it isn't really mentioned. Like they never, I, I never got her name actually, which was the girl in the prison. I don't know. Black like, Lotus. Okay. And, I know and, her deal. They never find out her deal because they. Yeah. She would come up back eventually, and she and other members of the triad. And by the way, yes. Because this was produced by Robert Rodriguez, it did in fact tie into the Quentin Tarantino films. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she she would come and get her revenge on Dragon Azteca. Um, okay. Oh, and also Nick Fury was a character in Lucha Underground. Remember that? Oh yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> they just did a, a little background joke where they had a picture of Nick Fury, and oh, it's okay. like so like you're supposed to believe that this also exists in the same and, continuity, in the MCU universe, as the MCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty funny. That's pretty um, cool. But didn't yeah. they have like a wrestling? Uh, I, I think they had wrestling comics. Were those like Malibu and Dark Horse? Or yeah. They, oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Probably Malibu, um, honestly. <laughs> so yes, we do begin with Dario visiting Black Lotus in jail, mm-hmm. um, and he has a thing about pit bulls and how had Dragon Azteca killed her parents. He didn't. Um, Who is that character? We, is he the guy in the green mask? Yes, yes, the Dragon okay. Azteca. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Melissa Santos welcomes us to the temple mm-hmm. and shoots it over to Matt Stryker and Vampiro, who are your uh, commentary for the first hour. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I always liked them. I thought they were a good commentary team. Um, I, yeah, I love that Vampiro always came in acting as though he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that documentary about him, Craig? No, I haven't. I have uh, to go take a look. That's probably accurate. His uh, short-term memory is very, very bad. Ah. And in that, um, you know, just through years of, of concussions from wrestling. Um, and in that documentary, he talks about how when he was making, when he was taping Lucha Underground, by the end of the show, he could not remember the beginning of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. Of course, my, my my favorite Vampiro moment that he doesn't want to remember was when uh, Triple Mania was going on and he was going to reveal himself as the big bad guy or whatever. And you hear him uh, not hitting the talk back button yes. <laughs> to the producers and he's going, play my fucking music. Play my fucking. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, Vamp, that- uh, we'll get that. That is pretty great. Um, <laughs> where, where did he wrestle before this? Cause that was enough. Uh, he was in WCW, and he was also in AAA, right? In AAA, yeah. He, yeah. He's one of the main people in AAA. He had a long AAA is Conan. a Mexican promotion, and then but he was also in WCW. Okay. Um, uh, I, I remember him in a feud with uh, the the uh, Del Torborg, the Kiss Demon. Um, <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> um, the actual kiss demon? Yeah, oh, no, it couldn't be. No, uh, they, not they had Simmons. licensed. They had licensed a wrestler to be the kiss. Yes. Demon. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> Sadly, that happened. That's so much. That, that's the fun thing. Uh, as I've gotten more into it, um, just just the, the, uh, the sort of like uh, side stuff, like RoboCop was in uh, yes. WWF, yes. or like Jay Leno yes. fought. In WF and that Donald yeah. Trump was in W, which is that's you know yeah yeah then itself is a dumb problem but. yeah <laughs> and that that stuff is fun because you never know whether or not something's going to work so wrestling promoters will just try anything um. <laughs> and interestingly enough Melissa Santos our ring announcer 
Yes. Would go on to marry Brian Cage. Oh. Even though she was romantically involved with another wrestler in the storyline. Right. But she and Brian Cage are married. Uh, And and he is in our first match. The Machine. It's, yes, the Machine Brian Cage versus... The Willie Mac, who in this promotion was just the Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I want to talk a moment about the Brian Cage character because I thought it was so brilliant, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the context of Lucha Underground, because he was the only guy that looked like the kind of guy that WWE loves. You know, he had that body, he had the faux hawk, um, <clears throat> and he wrestled like a typical WWE wrestler. So, of course, Lucha Underground made him a bad guy. Um, <laughs> which was such a brilliant idea. Um, yeah, I definitely was a little annoyed that yeah. he won, I'm not gonna lie. But. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, he's taken on Willie Mack. And this is Falls Count Anywhere. All the matches are gimmick matches. But mm-hmm. that was just par for the course. This was felt kind of like a uh, sequel to ECW in a way. Mm-hmm. And mm. in the temple, yeah. falls count anywhere can mean inside Dario Cueto's office, office or on yes. top of it. Yeah, as the case which happens. Case this one. I, I thought what I thought was really funny about this one is that they purposely just kept us not going to the ring. Like yes. usually, you would see these things. They would go in the ring, start in the ring, they would go out of the ring, and then like that, the, the fight would even if it ended in the in the backstage. Just, right. I just thought it was really cartoon. I, I like the cartoonishness of it. Like I think it was purposeful. Sure. I think it was obviously tongue in cheek. But the fact that they just avoided going to the ring at all. The entire oh, yeah. fight is like, any place we can go besides there. Yeah, uh, and it, like it begins, right, with... Uh, Brian Cage doesn't even get an introduction because he interrupts yeah, William Max's introduction. Him, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I did have and, a question about Lucha before we go on. Cause, yes. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, not, not Lucha in general, but just the, this particular show is... Like, how dangerous is it to be in for the audience members? So, obviously, the wrestlers, like, they're used to being in dangerous situations. Like, how mm-hmm. do you guys know how that would work? Because I'm, I'm not sure how much KFEB you could do if you're in an audience and you actually punch an audience member in the face. Like, it seems <laughs> a little. Um, a lot of that audience was planted, I think. Probably. Um, that makes the a lot ones of sense. that were punched you know? were planted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, you can tell, you, you can also very much tell that that audience is produced or um it's part of set design because you'll notice nobody's wearing a t-shirt that's not a lucha underground uh branded t-shirt i know it's actually really clever of them because you would think because you you look at it you just think like oh there's fans they just have the lucha merch but then yeah now you say that i think you're right Right. there's no like uh there's no like new metal band shirt or anything like that right exactly yeah um or other wrestling promotions which you do see all the time yeah deadpool yeah it, nope, it's just all Lucha Underground merch. Twisted, um, twisted, and ICP. And, <laughs> no hatchet, and, no hatchet bands. <laughs> and the fact that the place was decorated so beautifully with Lucha yeah. Underground, with the very gorilla stuff, and that entrance at the top of the stairs is so amazing. There wasn't yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, uh, those of you who had a really keen eye on this match, AEW's Rick Knox is the referee. I noticed that. Um, and, oh, the Mac gets a, uh, well, it's not a Stone Cold stunner, because he's not Stone Cold only <laughs> Mac, but he, he has a stunner as one of his moves, and he does the beer thing, um, mm-hmm. and Matt Stryker starts doing his best Jim Ross impression, and just <laughs> quietly goes, ah, that man has a family, um, <laughs> which is pretty great. 
And the and thing so, about Stryker and, and Vampiro, I have to tell you, I am not a Matt Stryker fan. I really do not like when Matt Stryker has done things like AAA or some of the other shows he's done. But he in was, Lucha Underground, he works. He yeah. does work. Um, all right, I'm going to defend Matt Stryker, and I never thought I'd say that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he comes. He comes from New York, uh, so I have seen him on the indies here, mm-hmm. uh, and he was part of a stable called Nightlife, um, who were like the the DX NWO of the local indie circuit. Okay. Um, he was always pretty good as a talker, um, and I think that's really where. Uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't great in ring, mm-hmm. but his promos he the the nightlife promos were pretty uh, pretty amazing and he was always really good with them. So I think that was a case where like in WWE he was completely cut off because they gave him the silly teacher gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've and, ju- I've just seen times when Matt Stryker will just not take anything he's doing seriously at all. Oh sure. I mean, yeah. I heard saw him do Triple Mania, and I think he m- might have had uh, two cases of beer before doing it. Oh, I mean, okay. nothing <laughs> made sense. Part of his uh, gimmick on the Indies too was he was he was kind of a smart mark who also wrestled. Yeah, he would complain about how dumb wrestling was, and it, it works as a wrestling bad guy. Um, mm. Oh, so, so he's so he's a wrestler also. Yeah, he, well, he was. No, was okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So, so, so are most announcers like? So, were you wrestler, Craig? No, I'm, okay. I was. Bi- I was unable to continue announcing because I was bigger than most of the wrestlers. <laughs> but no, I, I I never wrestled. I took a couple bumps, but that was about it. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the the cooler with the, uh, the with the light beer that was that was amazing. Yes. <laughs> but then as we go on, Cage no sells a glass bottle. Now come on, yes. that that was pretty cool. <laughs> and and then Mac cool. takes a power bomb through the table, and look, there's cinder blocks there. Hmm, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if they'll come into play. Hmm? Yeah, I, I thought that was that, that was the moment when I started having fun was the cinder blocks because like he's yeah. one of the things. I remember my my roommate and college he would watch wrestling and i was kind of like kind of kept kept me away from it because like this looks whatever but it was just that when they would hit they would punch and they'd do the, the stomping thing to make the sound yes. and they weren't doing that here and also maybe it had to do with the fact that they're on a concrete floor it's my first fight that i was seeing for this entire like it turned out to be three hours but it was at the time i thought it was gonna be an hour and a half um and i was like oh no you can't really hear the noise it seems really fakey and i was like oh, this is gonna be kind of a long slog but then when i saw the cinder blocks and stuff like that i was like oh this is fun especially when he Spoiler alert, when he rams his face into him, that's really pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, they, and and again, the announcers completely call attention to it, going, oh, uh, you know, our boss is evil. He makes sure weapons are scattered all over the arena. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I so like the announcers, because they definitely kept things lively in a way yeah. that, um, you know, I remember there's, there's a particular fight we'll get to, I, I imagine, that... They kind of actually saved it in a in a way, so um, I, I think that that so to me I really had no issues. I, I'm pretty sure there are such things yeah. as bad announcers, but I used to play yeah I used to play the video games where they would say the same fucking shit five, oh, sure, <laughs> five times yeah. in a row all the time. That's well, gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna leave a mark. Yeah, that <laughs> yes, it definitely played. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Brian Cage wins this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we get. Uh, 
the promotion for next week in which we will get the Gift of the Gods champion or the latter half of our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gift of the Gods championship. Dahano will be taking on Blue Demon. Johnny Mundo will be taking on Prince Puma. And Vampiro will be taking on Pentagon Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Johnny Mundo, yeah. Johnny right. Mundo, Alberto El uh, Patron. And, and Alberto yeah. El Patron, yes. Okay. I get it. Once Prince we get Puma there, will be that. taking on Mil Muertes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, never have I actually been a person who enjoys commercials. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I was actually thankful that there were commercials on this show because I had to catch my breath after oh, that yeah. match. And that's mm-hmm. one thing about Lucha Underground. Sometimes, and, and it's like a lot of the NXT shows used mm-hmm. to be. You yeah. had to catch your breath at some point. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I was I was going, okay, I'm watching on Tubi. Okay, thank you for the commercials because now I can catch my breath. ECW was like that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I have U-Block, so I didn't get any commercials, thank God. So. Oh, look at you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were talking about that actually before uh, we started recording. This uh, Lucha Underground was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, for a little while, but it didn't last long. And I think that's because Netflix measures everything by how bingeable it is. And this is an exhausting show. And each yeah, each yeah. season had like between 30 and 40 episodes. It's not that bingeable. Um, okay. So the next match is the Disciples of Death versus with Katrina. Katrina. <sighs> versus... Uh, Team Havoc, which yeah. is Ivelisse, Angelico, and Son of Havoc. Do you know how long it took me to get his name? Um, Angelico? No, Son of Havoc. A Son of Havoc. Like Sons of Anarchy, because he was a biker. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't did get that. I thought Havoc was like a uh, an old wrestler, and he's the son right. of Havoc. But, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Because they have yeah, that. No, I, th- I think it was somewhere in the middle of the second season that it, it clicked for me. Um, oh, oh, so, no. yeah. Sorry. Oh, please go. You're the guest. I'm just here. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that that was another thing in the in the initial part of it when I was like, oh, this is going to be uh, its own thing. Was when they had the lightning bolts, which she's mm-hmm. bringing yes. up, which she's bringing up the, uh, the the dead skeletons. Yes. And it's like, and and, and interesting. So I, I think in my notes, what, I'm going to see what I put what, put in my notes. It's something like. Oh, is there magic? Is there a witch in this? Uh, oh, yeah. So, so it literally says... So my, my rest, it says wrestling notes. First video, Batman guy, parentheses, Drago, revenge, question mark. Then it says actual witchcraft and cheap after effects, lightning, question mark. And then, uh, yeah, skull mask demons. That was, that was, like, that was my first, like, three notes. And I was like... Nice. So I, so I kind of got into it. Like, the, che- you know, the cheesy, like, lightning effect. Like, oh, I was like, okay, this might be kind of fun in a way that yeah. sometimes these aren't. So here's your interesting notes uh, of some of the uh, people who are participating. Mm-hmm. Son of Havoc is Matt Cross. Sure. Who had a WWE dark match where he lost to Lance Archer and Kurt Hawkins. Okay. What's, a dar- what's a dark match? <laughs> uh, meaning it's not, not televised. Not televised. Oh, okay. uh, right. Like a tryout match. Right. Uh, Ricky... I, I, yeah. Uh, Ricky Mandel, uh, who was uh, one of the disciples, I'm trying to remember which one he is, is now uh, Ricky Mundo 
the groupie for uh, Taya Valkyrie on Impact and was the yeah. groupie for uh, Johnny, Johnny Mundo. Mundo. Yeah. Or Johnny, uh, I think he's calling himself Johnny Bra- or uh, Ricky Bravo now. <laughs> he always said Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd like to see him in a wrestling match. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, hey, so, so question, would he do well because he's big or would he do bad because he's not a fighter? Would he have some, huh. like, would his strength help him at all or is it, it's all sh- for show? It depends on where he's wrestling. Vince would love his size, so he'd make sure he won. Okay. He'd um, be sort of a John Cena type. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we saw one a few weeks back in Thor. 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 <laughs> oh gosh. We will always come oh. back to Blackjack Brawl. Yes. Um, another great match. Evilly starts this one on crutches. Um, and that was legit because she was hurt. Oh, she actually was. That wasn't KFAB. She actually was hurt. Well, the difference with Lucha Underground and most wrestling shows is they taped, what was it, 30 shows over yeah. a one-month period. Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> so you, if you got hurt, you didn't have time to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, give Ivelisse credit for being able to sure. do as much as she did. And mm-hmm. And this was another thing that Lucha Underground did not make seem strange men and women fighting in the same ring yeah it was the only promotion that i can ever think of that did intergender wrestling that didn't feel like it was intergender wrestling yeah the the only problem is was uh the next day i think this day did a really good job with it but some of the stuff with uh, sexy star is uh yes that was a little bit that I will get into it. That was probably yeah. which I, I do want to say. Also, there's another character that was even worse than that. But uh, I'll actually say like when it comes because uh, when it comes like, to progress, yeah, sent me an email about like oh hey, like you know some of the older episodes they have problematic stuff and mm-hmm. like is, I'm assuming you guys do stuff from the 80s as well as stuff in the yeah, 2000s oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, we've, and even we've talked about some was, problematic things. Yeah, know. and for considering that's a that's a you know a problem with wrestling and entertainment in general, but especially probably something such a machismo and. And, and and that kind of the kind of audience it, it sometimes can attract. Uh, it was interesting that it was very little of that in this. It's not good. Yeah. And I would actually say in the first episode probably almost none, but definitely the second episode. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. But we'll get uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, th- this yeah. one was actually yeah. You're right. I, I, I thought like, Evil was really cool. I thought she got to get you know she she fought Katrina. She fought you know Katrina was also a character. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I I liked that they yeah I, I liked I liked this fight. Like I, I thought. The, the high flying stuff. I always like luchadors in general yeah. when it comes to that. Because like, I remember going back to my video game stuff. I didn't know anything about it besides the, uh, you know, um, the kind of very big again, again Kane under, Undertaker on the fringes of, of the kind of mainstream. And there was like, you know, uh, again, the aforementioned Rock and Stone Cold. But when I was playing the games, I loved Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I hated him because he was hard to fight. But like, <laughs> actually, but, but he was—he had cool-looking like moves and, and stuff yeah. like that. And like, so I, I was what I like about this and the stuff that I did not like when my roommate was watching it in the background or whatever like that. It's just how again you said the WWE, the Vince McMahon has a certain type of look that he goes for, and it's very bulky people that don't do the high flying stuff as much. I don't do as much of the stunny stuff. Sure. And, um, so definitely helped to this for sure. Uh, yeah. And I, so I appreciate this fight in particular had a lot of that. And speaking of The Rock, a stone plays a huge part in the finish of this match. Yes. Mm. <laughs> the, yes. sto- the stone of power for Katrina. 
<laughs> well, we should explain yes. that, yeah, she uses the stone. So, uh, which I'm assuming to be, are they actually skeletons? I mean, obviously we can tell, like, metatextually or, or uh, you know, that it's a, they're, they're, they're just, like, masks. But, you know, they're plastic masks, kind of cheap plastic masks. But in the diegesis of the, of the story, are they actually skeletons and zombies? Uh, I believe they are disciples of Katrina's. Um... Oh, so they are humans. They're humans with masks yes. that she's controlling. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. That, that's all I thought. Yeah. Um, but Mil Mortes is undead. Oh, okay, um, so he's he's sort of the undertaker of... That's, yes, Correct. Okay. and that's what the stone is. The stone contains his life essence, and she can control him through it. Um, <laughs> the, the disciples um, take the win, and speaking of controlling something... Uh, I must admit, uh, it's hard for me to control myself in a, in a very happy, jovial way when Katrina does the, the lick, lick of death. Of death. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Matt, Matt made a, a Joey nice. Styles reference too. Did you notice that? No, no. What did he say? Oh no, it wasn't during. It was when Katrina and. Um, Ivelisse start fighting each other. He just turns to the camera or the microphone and goes, love you, Joey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember the craziest scene in this fight was when uh, Antelico, is that his name? When he jumps Antelico. off. When he jumps off and they cut to him and he's like bleeding from the mouth. I'm like, he's like, yes. I was like, that's, that's probably happened. Like, yep. I was like, that's a little uncomfortable. Kind of cool and kind of uncomfortable at the same time. Like, it's like, cause like, yeah. they didn't really get, there's, there's a fight later on in the second uh, episode that was like, the, the cave had definitely got me. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> they fooled me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this one, I don't know if it was actually full, but the fact that I don't know is definitely, uh, it's always, I think, a good sign with that kind of stuff. You don't quite know what's real, what's not. Yeah. And, that was the I one think he was legitimately coming. bleeding. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> especially that, that fall he took. And uh, and Helico and Jack Evans quite a tag team as TH two, otherwise yep. known as the Hybrid Two in AEW. And oh, really cool. Good. Yeah. Uh, the one last thing I was want to say is Havoc, Son of Havoc doing that spear right through the ropes was fucking badass. Yes, that was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that looked cool. That looked great. Um. And then we get a video package for Drago versus Hernandez. And Matt and Vampiro, uh, they toast Vampiro, and they toast the Believers, and they sell the sponsored beer. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Miller time. Oh, oh, and this is the match where the fans, it's the Lumberjack match, where the fans act as the Lumberjacks. Um, And the fans are, oh, I was going to introduce us as the last true babyface podcast. (laughs) <laughs> because one of the one of the fans was uh, the host of the Last True Heel podcast. Ah, so shout out to them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And also, Hot Tub Guy. Hot shout tub out to guy. Hot Tub Guy. Who was Hot Tub uh, Guy? I kept saying that. I didn't know what that he meant. writes. He writes wrestling reviews for a uh, blog. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that was I a crazy what one. His re- yeah, I wonder what his review was for this particular match. <laughs> yeah, I've exactly. never been better. <laughs> right, this is amazing. I that was the, that was the weird thing too, because like cause I didn't know how hardcore was going to get later on, especially later on in the in the the second episode. Um, yeah. so I, was, I was aware of hard. Well, mankind was another one that kind of hit the mainstream. That was another that sure. was another one as a kid I remembered. Um, so I knew hardcore was a thing, uh, but um, was definitely him getting hit and saw the welts on him. Yeah, like they were actually yeah. hitting him. Like, I I I. I, I I'm assuming it wasn't like real leather or they softened it somehow, but the fact that they were 
actually hitting him was like kind of cool, but also kind of like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, no, hot tub guy wails on him. Yeah. Wails on him. Um, Insurance yeah. waivers have yeah. been signed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and obviously he's not touching them. Cause Hernandez life, like, can hit back. Um, <laughs> he never does. You know, no. so that was probably the one that kind of broke the illusion because that guy, if he was a real the heel, he's like trained to be, would basically be knocking those guys out. <laughs> now, interesting fact about Drago: Drago uh, has been a character in uh, AAA for for a long time, and sure. in the early days of AAA, he played. Now, you want to talk about product placement? Gato Everready. <laughs> which was, if you look on the side of Everready batteries sure. in the old day, there's a cat, right. otherwise known as Gato Everready. <laughs> that oh. was his character in AAA. Yes, he was the Everready cat. <laughs> oh, man. He he's he knows how to handle a pair of nunchucks though. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, sporting weapon from Japan, therefore allowed in the match. <laughs> to Call take back. us back to last week, brother, indeed. Ah, ah. Call back. <laughs> um, where we deter- we we determined that a a. Uh, a kendo stick was a sporting weapon from Japan, thus allowed in wrestling matches because <laughs> oh, it is a sporting weapon. I, I suppose so. I mean, it's definitely the best weapon in the, in the Ninja Turtles game. We faced Donatello because they didn't fucking <laughs> they, 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 get the, they just didn't care the fact that, that the range was bigger. Yeah. Uh, no, this is this is a fun match too. Um, yeah, because you know, definitely the small guy versus big guy, the classic thing and. I think it's the only one where the, the the baby face wins. Actually, this entire I think you're right. Yeah, this entire this entire like thing. Everyone that it's like the the, tr- the Empire Strikes Back of Luchador. That's <laughs> true. Where everyone loses, which which I think worked for a lot of it, um, story wise. But this is also this is also their their final show of the season. Mm-hmm. So you have to end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Was it? What's it? Yeah. You never watched Glow. Sure. Oh well, yes. What was that? What was that thing that Mark Marin tells her at the end of the first season, where it's like it's about the chase, or is it about the what's the term he uses? But that's what it's always about. It's like you yeah, know, it's not about watching you win; it's about watching you chase it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that that so, so I kind of I kind of got that's what they were doing with. And there with, are just some promotions that book heel champions as opposed to babyface champions. Mm-hmm. The classic WWF versus WCW. Mm-hmm. WWF was classically a babyface champion. Uh, Hulk Hogan won. You know, did so Hulk Hogan ever lose? Is that something that he ever did? And like in, in the eighties, in the eighties, like heyday, he would occasionally, but usually because the bad guy cheated or something like that. Oh, okay. Or he, or he, or he needed to go shoot a movie. Yep. <laughs> um, but then WCW would book Ric Flair to win always, so that you could watch a good guy try and beat him. Okay. Um, so it's just a you know, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just a difference in booking. Mm-hmm. So some promotions do just book bad guys to win more, mm-hmm. but I also think that Lucha Underground, because they were more interested in making a television show, wanted to do it as a cliffhanger too. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's more yeah. interesting. Okay, and that ends part one. Yeah, and Drago wins. Yes, yeah, so Dra- Drago, Drago wins. wins. Drago yes. wins. Yes. Yeah, and that ends part one. And then part two, we get a video package of who we're going to watch tonight, which includes Prince Puma, Pentagon versus Vampiro, The Gift of the Gods, Tejano and Blue Demon, Johnny Mundo and Alberto El Patron, mm-hmm. Mil Muertes, and 
we get uh, a recap of the Dario and Black Lotus conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, you you talked about this from one of the first episodes we did, Max, and that is the fact uh-huh. that you always appreciated montages or scene setters. Yes. Very few will ever beat the scene setter for part oh, two sure. of Lucha Underground's Ultima Lucha. That's true. I mean, uh, that's called well, produ- that's called uh, production yes. value. That is production value. <laughs> well, and Melissa welcomes us to week two. She's in a different dress. I don't know why I wrote that down. But <laughs> that Melissa's in a different dress. And Matt Stryker is joined by Michael Chavello, uh because Vampiro will be wrestling tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Ian Hodgson will be wrestling tonight. Um, I'm going to talk more about Michael later, uh, but let's just, uh, one of the things that I was not sure about, it's like, okay, you brought in a whole different guy as your color commentator. What's this guy going to be like? And oh, was I surprised in the best way. Okay. Yeah, I... I looked him up a little bit. He mostly does boxing. Mm-hmm. Michael is basically Mauro Ranallo before Mauro Ranallo yeah. shows up. Yeah, I could see that. Now, Mauro, yeah. Mauro I think, might have been doing New Japan at this time and had been doing some uh, ECCW up in Vancouver. But think Mauro Ranallo, the fact that he does Showtime boxing, the fact that he does mm-hmm. MMA fights. Mm-hmm. Michael was Mauro before Mauro was Mauro. Yeah. Except this that. was the only wrestling show Michael ever did, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I wish and he would do more because he was damn he, good. He really knows how to call wrestling. Like, usually I've seen boxing announcers do wrestling shows before, and they don't always get it. Mm-hmm. He really gets it. Um, well, it was also crazy when I found out. That, so I had a friend who does video game wrestling for like, at cons. I was not this year for obvious reasons, right. but he was like a referee, and he told me a little about that. And like, well, it was crazy when I found out they actually improvise a lot of the fights. Sure. Like there'll be basic blocking, basic you have to hit these points, but the actual stuff in between, like the referee is there to be sometimes be there to be hey, like you should do this and do that, yeah. or you should, or, or they'll like look and hey like want to swing swing do this as they're like holding each other but before they do like, the big like stunners okay i'm gonna do this then we're gonna do this this and this and so that's that i always thought it was crazy so actually yeah you said a commentator still has to think on their feet it's not like you can be somebody yeah. who just looks off a script or knows the script enough to just you know comment on that because they actually have to things happen uh on the fly which is always i, sure. I, I always found fascinating when i found that out because even though it's fake it still is kind of improv it's almost improv dancing but damien one thing i'll tell you is that uh before a show and jim ross kind of went the same way on this of course wwf and then wwe was a lot more produced but when i would do the global wrestling federation or uswa Mm -hmm. i would just get a sheet of babyface heel these are the two people people or two teams that are in the match and that would be it sometimes there would be a number next to it that would say like eight meaning an eight minute match that's all i had yeah that's crazy so So, so they're actually they're actually being like when they're saying oh they're probably going to do this move they are guessing right right and then and 
from my standpoint, I was a sportscaster before becoming a wrestling announcer. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I was approaching it, is calling what yeah. I see it. I know so many announcers call off a monitor today. I never looked at the monitor. I was watching what's going on in the <laughs> ring. And Jim wow. Ross would have a conniption yeah. if he heard that. But oh, if it's yeah. not on the monitor, it's not on the screen. Yeah, but you're also, <laughs> you also aren't seeing that one guy's about to jump in the ring and to kind of set the stage for him doing it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's actually really cool. I, I would never. I actually would never have guessed. You know, that I would, I would have assumed there would have been at least. Oh, it's like a porn script where it's like, hey, like the, these things are happening. <laughs> no, no, because seriously, like, like, if you ever watch Boogie Nights, where it's like he looks at it, it's like you have these three steps, and you know, it's yeah. not real. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but, um, but, the, but the fact that it's not even that, it's like really, really yeah. cool. Which, and last I, week we talked to the current AIW ring announcer. He was our guest last week. Um, <laughs> Sorry for the step he, down, guys. <laughs> no, no. It, it was the first time we actually had a wrestling guest. Person, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, but he was he was saying that he also does the same thing where he, he doesn't call the action, but he announces who wins and who loses and all that. And because he's so involved in the production, he doesn't want to know who's going to win and who's going to lose so that his reactions can be genuine. Oh, that's good. It's um, a good idea. That's cool. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's almost like the opposite of what Harrison Ford did in uh, A New Hope when that scene... I, I don't know if you've seen the original Star Wars. You remember that movie? Sure. From the 70s? Uh, but uh, <laughs> there's that scene where he's like at the detention block and he's like trying to improvise with the imperial officer on the other side, yes. and, and he purposely didn't learn his lines so that he could, so it could be natural. So nice, th- yeah. So you know. that's very cool. Or maybe that's an excuse, but like- <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. So this first first match is Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only he'd brought Robert uh, Ricardo Rodriguez with him because I oh I love that guy. Um, yeah. I still follow um, him on Twitter. He doesn't do anything, but I still follow him on Twitter. <laughs> um, and almost immediately, uh, they fight right in front of Melissa, and she gets a little reaction, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Johnny, playing the heel, escapes under the ring. Uh, and he's down there for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. That's what that, was, that was kind of funny. And then he throws yeah. the dust in his eye and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Alberto has a really impressive looking arm bar, but unfortunately the ref has taken a bump. Well, so, yeah, because, uh, what's yeah. his name? Uh, the Mundo, the Mundo, the heel, he's actually the one that puts the referee in the way and get kicked. Yep. By, yeah. And so he's, so he gets, he taps out and the ref isn't there. And right. then, so the question, I, I guess we're going to like, so his girl, his ex-girlfriend or was it his current girlfriend comes in to help? Okay. Uh. Yes, uh, I know they didn't call it very well because they can't actually say the words WWE on a Lucha Underground show. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was his valet in WWE, Melina. Okay. Um, so Matt gets around it by saying, uh, if you know your wrestling history, you know the kind of history that these two people have had with each other. <laughs> oh, okay. So that, that yeah. so, so I was just out of the loop. Yeah, because I don't know yeah. wrestling that well. So because to me, I thought it was like because Lucha would have this because they have like legacies right one of the characters right. like tahano is like a legacy character right uh that i just know because they said that <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done otherwise but uh <laughs> but they make a big deal he's a legacy character so i just assumed that she was supposedly a 
legacy in Luchador Underground that we just didn't see the years before. I just didn't know how long this, this had been around. So for, as far as I knew, this had been around for five right. years. Well, he had wrestled in WWE before this. Okay. So it was like like the implication was she followed him to Lucha Underground. Okay. So he's the same person. He's not like a new, right. entirely new person. He just has a different name. Okay. All right. Cool. And uh, so she helps. And this goes to, and this goes into, the I think, when the questions I had, which mm-hmm. is, so he wins... The, the right. heel wins, but then, um, so the referee sees that, because he taps out on the arm bar, but the referee's right. out, so he doesn't see it. Then he finally gets Patron uh, pinned, and then right. Patron comes after him again, which is fine, but then he uh-huh. takes the belt. Like, doesn't he not get the belt anyway? It doesn't matter, you beat him after sure. a fight. So I was confused, yeah. like, they did better <laughs> calling that, too, because I don't know, like... If he just took it, he stole it, or he actually did. He actually have it now because they alluded er, very briefly earlier that uh, El Patron was the AAA Mega champ, uh, yes. Mega Champion, um, and this wasn't a title fight because it wasn't right. a AAA fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have built that up a little bit more, but um, then it, it, they didn't want to bring the AAA belt much into it. They wanted to give him a little bit of credibility the reason there was this the the schmas at the end was that it's called getting your heat back mm-hmm. meaning el patron uh el patron probably said okay i'll i will lose but i have to have something that makes me look good at the end right. and it's called getting your heat back and that's what that was all about yeah okay so so, 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 he, so, so you just took the belt back but it's not official yeah. In right. other words, he yeah. never lo- he never lost it because it was a non-title. This, this it was a non-title. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I, that that see, that's because that confuses me just in general about wrestling and sports in general. I'm not a sports person. So, um, so, so yeah. So I know WWE apparently has like tons of different belts, like twenty belts or something like that, that are separate from each other. Correct. Right. Yes. yes. And so I like, guess the same with this heavyweight, lightweight, AAA. Okay. Right. Um, and this goes to the the, the few things uh besides sexy star which is she seems problematic just all around oh yeah is this uh, the spanking the spanking i was like i was yeah. really, i was not very happy about that i was kind of like <laughs> put that in my notes like that's <laughs> well yeah. el patron it, winds up spanking molina yeah. it it leads to uh, the, the end of this match leads to two of the uh more interesting uh, interesting lines of of the night mm-hmm. which was when molina was cat uh kissing uh mundo mm-hmm. <laughs> True love. Never been so turned off by watching two people kiss. Yes. <laughs> I actually had I had that in my notes too, actually. I thought that was kind of funny. And That's then, a pretty good call. And then the one that was just absolutely out there. Patron gives Molina spanking, and I is it Stryker or Vampiro that says, I'm gonna rewind that so many times. Um, Stryker. Well, like, that's Vampiro, because Vampiro's fighting in this in the next match. Oh well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, okay, perv striker, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that, that that was probably number one of the first time. I was like, ah, it's a little whatever. But otherwise, it was otherwise that was that was a, that was actually a pretty fun match because you, you definitely yeah. had, felt the like you kind of wanted Patron to win because like the guy was like an asshole. As far as I understood, cause they they kind of rushed through it. Like he got betrayed. They were friends at first. Is it like a friend turn on each yeah. other? Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, Damon, and, and, and you gotta just, say, you know, I th- mean, things are things are. Let, let's call them relative, because <laughs> you, you have a you have a uh, person, uh, a man spanking a woman, followed by a murder. 
So, you know. And unlike WCW's Beach Brawl, this is technically the first murder in professional wrestling. Oh, ever. What was the what happened to Beach Brawl? Is that like a uh, there was an attempted murder on Sting in the promo. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Because I know there are deaths the boat. in wrestling, <laughs> but uh, they're usually accidents. So. Right, right. No, no, no. He was in kayfabe. There was an attempt. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, I mean... Yeah, no, that that was a really great match. I mean, for as much of this as this show got reputation for being just a hardcore show, those two guys are tech are technicians. They're good wrestlers. Yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of good, lot of good moves yeah. in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, and then we get the storyline where Dragon Azteca comes to free the Black Lotus. Dario interrupts him and says that he's going to be put to death. And Black Lotus, Lotus chokes him and kills him. And then Dario escapes, helps her escape jail, and he takes the unseen Matanza with them. Spoiler alert. Oh, another thing um, we forgot to mention was at the end of the first episode, there actually was an after credit sequence. It was like a Marvel film. Yeah, where, right. Where yes. Dragoness... Which actually confused me, because like, I thought he might have been Drago when she when he first when he first mentions that name. Dragoness, yeah. Tekko killed your... Like, the, the dragon guy killed your parents? So I was kind of confused about that at first. And then, but at the end credits of it is like the the green um, the green mask guy, Dragon as Azteca. He comes in, but he's stopped by a guy in a white hoodie. Yes, and that's when they do the kung fu fight stuff. Because I mean, not actually, it, this is the one the few times. Like one thing I don't know if we're, we're really relaying this, but actually, so unlike WWF, where you have like it's all filmed kind of like regular like mm-hmm. behind the scenes there's the kayfabe of it's all a reality show yeah uh there are these scenes that are actually literally like we've said before cinematic and this is one of the cinematic times mm-hmm. there's a fight scene but it has the the yeah. kung fu fight and i uh, just yes. gonna roll that later because he's he's because this white hooded guy or white we will find out next season who the white hooded guy is yeah. do you want the spoiler or yeah but first i want to say white hoodie because hooded sounds cooler than it is, because he's, he's, he's <laughs> okay. in a regular white, like, literally like a white fucking yeah. hoodie. Uh, and um, he's he's the last after credits of this episode, so it's kind of yes. it's kind of good that we set. It's kind of yes. you know he's 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 what lets him him into the the jail. But yeah, no, what's the spoiler? I'm kind of, I am curious. It was Rey Mysterio. He, what he came he came to the promotion in season two, and that was the big cliffhangers. Who was uh, who was the guy in in the white hoodie? It was Rey Mysterio. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so, yes, uh, Dario takes that with them, because Mustanza has not been shown on screen or named yet, mm-hmm. but it's his demon brother, Matanza. Oh, so that's a twist, so we didn't, we didn't know, yeah. we haven't seen him yet. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And yes, then the next match is Pentagon Jr. versus Vampiro. This is a Cerro Mierdo match, Zero Fear match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vampiro's dressed like a bishop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like Ghost, the, the singer. Yes! Like a really big ghost. Yes! Um, and Stryker keeps talking about how Vampiro and Ian Hodgson are two different people. Um, <laughs> and, well, and my like, assumption was like a Clark Kent Superman thing, right? Where it's like he's an alternate. Yeah! That's kind of like what he's going for, I think. Yeah. Uh, Ian's the real person. Vampiro is the spiritual beast. Right. Yeah. 
but he inhabits um, or inhabits him or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, those, like Johnny Blaze and those... Ghost Rider is probably what they're going for, honestly. That's one another one of those continuity snarls that they would come to in this show just by the nature of its of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, because doing commentary, most of the time Vampiro was Ian. Uh-huh. You know, he was just talking about his own experience wrestling all over the world. and But every once in a while he'd drop a reference about how he was 500 years old because he was a vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, that's the goofy shit I kind of like about wrestling. Is that yeah. kind of stuff? Is that is that trying to trying to trying to trying to trying to fit the, like what was it cocking these holes? Yeah, exactly. The continuity holes. Yeah. Now um, the 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 interesting part of what brings this to to light, they talked about lots of backstory and neck injuries and a long layoff for Vampiro, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, it started very ironically, as it turns out. With Vampiro not allowing Pentagon to break Sexy Star's arm. Right. What is ironic about this has nothing to do with Lucha Underground, but has everything to do with Sexy Star. Sexy Star would eventually go on to become the champion of this company. Mm-hmm. Yes, she would. Uh, and uh, Sexy Star, one of the biggest stars in Lucha Libre in Mexico. I mean... Uh, absolutely loved the ultimate kind of baby face Mm -hmm. and she uh went into a match shortly after this um this run with lucha underground taking on rosemary who's currently in impact wrestling Mm -hmm. and sexy star does a submission hold and rosemary taps and Sexy Star legitimately breaks Rosemary's arm after she taps. Yep. Oh, no. Sexy Star yeah. would never wrestle again because everybody said, well, this is a real piso. Yeah. And piece so work, yeah. the, the, the irony of this feud starting because Sexy Star's arm was going to be broken was yeah. rather interesting to me because, yeah, I, it, as it turns out, Sexy Star was really one of the worst people in the world. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, because it's purposeful. Because yeah. I mean, Ray yep. Mysterio killed a guy in, in the ring, correct? But that was an accident. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. That was very much an accident. Yeah. So that's a totally different thing. That's crazy. And, and I'm assuming the Pentagon thing was a was a was a kayfabe, but he wasn't going to. Actually it's kayfabe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kayfabe. Yeah. He's it's not true. actually breaking arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure looks fun. good though. Yeah. yeah. It did look good. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. This fight uh, was definitely uh, a little hard to watch. Oh, that's brutal. Well, no, mean, but not just, not just that, but also how slow because it seemed like it was. Yeah. It was kind of like I then when I back to the an- announcers, I do think the announcers really sold it. I think, and I think that yeah. uh, Pentagon uh, did his best. I think that you could tell he was like staying back. It's kind of like those scenes in um, kung fu movies where like you see the extras stay in the back a little bit yes. to make sure that. And like you can tell, he's like, okay, this guy's hurting. Like, I I can't do anything too much right now because and, but um, it was still fun. I I think one thing I, I said in my notes because fight not a great fight. Like I'm not gonna I'm just gonna be honest with my opinion. I don't think it's a great fight, but I do think the drama, which I think is what's great about wrestling in general, can be is that I think it's I think it carried it over. I think yeah. because you're always like, oh, he's he's older, he's gonna get hurt. So there's a part of you as you're watching it being like, is he actually going to get hurt? You know, because because well, they're, 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 they're playing it up so much. And yeah, especially especially at the point where they have to cut to commercial. 
Yeah, that was really... I mean, it got me. Obviously, that's kayfabe. It's all kayfabe, because, yeah. you know, this show is pre-taped. If it's not supposed to be on TV, you're not going to see it. Uh-huh. But you really do, for that moment, you really do feel, oh my god, they have to cut to commercials. Something's wrong. Yeah, and the, no. and the fact the fact that Rick Knox put up the X sign, yes. which is in in wrestling, that is the sign that you give that somebody's really hurt. Mm-hmm. So to to basically throw that into a storyline was unheard of. Yeah. It's crazy. It's also scary. You know, you don't want to ever cry wolf, but. Uh, right. th- that was actually no. That was I, I didn't know that. that. That's really cool. It's the attention to detail because yeah. I really because that actually yeah, he got me. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like when, when he got when he punched the ambulance driver and then got back out, I'm like okay, that's yeah. I kind of because I was actually pretty disappointed in the fight initially. I was like oh, that, that felt like oh it's kind of you know interesting they did this and then I I do like when he, he landed on the tax though and just looked directly at the camera and yelled fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the all the brutal stuff was like kind of hard to watch for like obvious reasons because it's hard to watch mm-hmm. people actually get bloody. Sure. But in general, just the way they they set it up, the way they had, um, you know, and, and they let the his age be part of the drama rather than yes. it was almost it was almost an asset. But I don't know if it necessarily entirely overcame the limitations of his mobility and, and uh, things like that. But I think that. They are smart in a way to you to utilize, kind of use the, the weakness as a strength in a weird way, yeah. story wise way. And yeah. um, I love the twist. The twist was such a <laughs> such a yes. bonkers such a bonkers twist. But I, I liked it. it was, there's an emotionality yes. to it. Cause I felt it felt it's one of those things where like metatextually also maybe like this Pentagon guy looked up to Vampiro. Have you been there for so long as a, as a real person? Mm-hmm. So it works. Potentially, I, I don't know exactly the backstory as, as as human, you know, as, as the as the actual people, as the actors. But um, in the story, but you can almost sense that maybe the actor stuff is similar to the relationship in, in a you know more fantastical way in the in the diegesis, yeah. which is kind of cool. And, too. Sure. and to show you how far ahead of its time Lucha Underground was, if you look at this match in the background, it's very subtle, but. Uh, I think Mark Burnett knew something was coming. There's a guy wearing a medical face mask in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far ahead of its time it was. Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay. Oh, we should we should reveal the twist. The twist is that Vampiro is the teacher that Pentagon Junior has been listening to all season. Yeah. So, uh, so one thing we yeah. didn't mention is that he's talking that he is he's not he's not undead, right? He's just a just a mystical person, the Pentagon. Right. So he has a master that he's he's doing all the fights yes. for, and they keep referencing the master and in, in the in the, the opening clips they keep mentioning it during the fight. Like, mm-hmm. oh, his master's going to be disappointed that he's losing this match and stuff like that. Well, um, this went on for a season, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, so it's yeah. a whole it's a whole mystery yeah. thing. So that's actually, so that's right. really cool. And so yeah, it, so it, it's Luke. Luke. I am your father. Basically, right. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Basically. But what's really cool about it is that unlike a lot of wrestling shows, they actually paid it off in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah two mystical characters, to, you know. and you have the the, mm-hmm. the generation. Yeah, that, so so that that match in a way that it wasn't always fun to watch, and it was like you saw the announcers going overtime to make it more exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they're just standing there, or Pentagon having to like kind of baby. Uh, Vampiro, the fact that it, it works the way it does because the story is... I think mean, it's an interesting case yeah. study in that, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, next up is our seven-way match for the Gift of the Gods Championship. I did not write down who all 
I think I did actually. Actually, nice. So, uh, I didn't know how deep we're going to go into this. Let me see if I can find <laughs> it. Um, uh, I've got it. If you don't, you know, so it's Big Rick is the is right. the big Big the Rick big... who was Ezekiel Jackson in the WWE. Right. Oh wow! So it's right. Aerostar who rules. Aerostar was oh, like yes. one of my favorites. You remind me of like a Cayman Rider. He remind me of like a like an anime character. Honestly, he has like yes. no. even though he's a luchador, yes. luchador is an anime character and Super Sentai characters have very similar aesthetics. He is the most like right. Super Sentai of all the right. Um, and like I said, eventually they would get into his backstory on the show and reveal that he is in fact from the cosmos <laughs> and can time travel at will. Of course and he can. He is in, if I remember correctly, he's in Lucha Underground to stop uh, warring tribes from the Aztec days. Um, there's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, there's Jack Evans. Who, who is now in AEW. Oh really? Yeah. As he, as Aerostar's tag team partner. How is how is AEW? Uh, a little off topic, I know. AEW is really good. I've been hearing really good um, things about it, so I'm kind of curious yeah. what people think about it's that. It's really good. Um, there's Jack Evans, who's the cocky white guy, right? Which I do like the fact that the only white people in this are the shitty ones. <laughs> yes, that's true. I think that's cool. I think Joey oh, Evans did not. <laughs> Joey Ryan didn't show up until a couple years later. Never mind. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but just the fact that there's there's there to be to be thrash kick. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, and uh, as a white guy, I think that's cool. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bengala, who's the tiger guy. Yeah, uh, he, he he was Ricky Marvin in pro wrestling Noah. Okay. Okay. Um, sexy stars we talked about who right. again and not a fan of the name, not a fan of like what happens to her in the after credits of this episode. But uh, other than that, I think the, I, the I, fight I, itself is fine with her. But, you, yeah. you left you left off you left off a couple people. No, uh, not done yet. Not done yet. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I, uh, so, hey, come on. Me, come that's on. me foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That 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 guy. Uh, yeah, he's not part of the original seven. Yeah. So it's Phoenix. And then there's um, Cuerno, right? Is that King, his name? Cuerno. King, King Cuerno. King Cuerno. Now, now, here you go, Max. Uh-huh. Where have you seen King Cuerno lately? I don't know. Who is King I Is he unmasked now? He is on NXT. Ah. He was El Hijo del Fantasma. Ah, and now he is running one of the main heel factions on NXT Unmasked. Okay. Uh, would you guys be a heel or a babyface if you had the choice? Because I feel like heel is so much more fun to be. Uh, heel's easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's easier to well, it's easier to hate a crowd than to tell them why you like yeah. them. Oh, that um, makes sense. Was it, was it, was it yeah. wasn't Roman Reigns had a huge problem with that? They're trying to yep. push him as a baby, yep. and no one liked him. And for some reason, I don't, exactly. I don't know much about it, so I just know it kind of. Like, it wasn't that people didn't like him; it was people being were were resented being told to like him. I see. I see. Instead of like having a baby face come up um, naturally, na- naturally, exactly. Mm-hmm. The WWE creative just one day decided this is our golden child, and we're going to keep telling you that it's this is the person you should cheer for, mm. and. The fans reacted by chanting "Fire Roman." Um, oh man! That was <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, but his his real life cancer diagnosis actually gained him some sympathy. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, what we have to talk about what the gift of the gods is. As Dario I was a little confused Quintola about said. that, so this might help me out too. Okay. <laughs> so who actually watched it? <laughs> gift of the gods is money in the bank with pinfalls. Exactly. Okay. Um. 
But in order to get into if, the Gift of the Gods match, you have to win one of the seven Aztec medallions. Right. Mm-hmm. And those matches were the qualifier matches that Dario Cueto would decide, okay, I'm going to put these people in a match, and the winner gets a unique opportunity, which he right. loves saying all the time. <laughs> and uh, the it all came together in the uh, battle for the Gift of the Gods belt, which is basically the Money in the Bank briefcase, which means that they can challenge for the Lucha Underground title whenever they want to. Right. So, so basically, they all fought for the medallion previously yes. in the season, and they Correct. came. Exactly. So that's kind of why I got yes. that. I, 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 yeah. I hate when people say money in the bank only because I get that song stuck in my head from the fucking video game. The money in the <laughs> bank, money in the bank. Like every time somebody says that, no joke. Like in any any, any context, it's in my head right now. Like don't don't don't. It's, it's banana phone right now. Uh, in my head. And, no, but seriously, it's literally, like, anytime somebody says that, like, it's not even, what's funny, it's not even actually the song, it's my brother's impersonation of the song. (laughs) (laughs) Mario in the back. I don't actually know how the real song goes, but just his impersonation, because we we would play those matches all the time, or we'd we'd AI it, because... I don't know if I could go this much detail, but like we actually are so bad at the game that literally my friend was so good at it that to have any fun for either of us, because he'd either beat my ass or I'd beat my ass beat, we literally just have our AI characters fight each other just watching. <laughs> so I don't know if you can edit that out if you want. That's still too much detail, but, uh, no, no. but that's definitely something we did. We actually, no joke, in, in, for SmackDown 2, PlayStation 1, we literally had a season that we were watching together all our created characters <laughs> that we just watched the AI fight each other. So it was more exciting, because like... <laughs> if he fought me, he'd win. So it was like, it was, <laughs> I had a chance. Well, they have yeah. something similar to that now. It's called Raw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, I, I mean the actual Raw. Nobody in the stands. It's just, you know. That was yeah. funny. Oh, my God. That meme with uh, Stone Cold where it's like, oh, yeah. And he just looks at him like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was funny. And that's probably intentionally funny, but still, it's some David Lynchian shit that I'm kind of I'm really, here for. It really, when when it first happened, I was blown away by it, it because it, it just because wrestlers were so trained to play to the camera, they didn't know how to stop. <laughs> um, so it was pretty amazing. Um, oh, um, I just want to tack on to Craig's uh, explanation of the gift of the gods. Eventually, the stipulation got to the point where, as long as you were holding the medallion. At the time that the belt was presented, you were in the match. Okay. Because I remember there was a whole story where Chavo Guerrero just pickpocketed somebody for it. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember that, Craig. Um, I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, and, and Joey Ryan walked around with it in his trunk so that nobody would steal it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sucker. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, jo- Joey Ryan, uh, we'll you we'll, we'll use our Jim Cornette uh, line here. Joey Ryan yeah. uh, did some good wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some really cool shit in this. I'm trying to think. Like one of my favorite um, favorite scenes definitely was Arrow Star jumping for the three stories on the was oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was really awesome. Um, there also was some sexist. What was it? Was I think uh, somebody says Cuerna almost pinned Sexy Star. But then just goes for Phoenix going for a bigger prey, which was kind of like, uh, yeah. all right. 
Um, yeah. and, but, and you had some foreshadowing with um, uh, Marty the Moth Mon- Marty Martinez Mo- coming in. Yeah. Because that would foreshadow a storyline between... Uh, Fe- it was Phoenix, I believe, that played uh, Melissa Santos's uh, boyfriend. Okay. I think it was. Um, and but Marty was obsessed with Melissa Santos, so that kind of right. foreshadowed next year. Yeah, guy. sexy like pushes him him into into uh, Melissa's lap. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and that's what she yeah, screams. Some... Like, I thought it was just an audience member. I felt kind of bad. Oh no, it was the announcer, but she, she's obviously <laughs> in, in, in it. Uh, and so yeah, so what we're alluding to is there's an eighth person comes in, or actually, yeah. So it was technically nine people show up by the end of this episode, by the end of this match. Right. Cause Davari shows yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but initially yeah, this guy, this, this crazy guy who's probably do the most acting of all the wrestlers. I would imagine. I think besides, oh, Marty, besides, Marty did a lot of acting. Yeah. Besides yeah. Queto, I think he's the only who didn't actually wrestle, but, um, you know, the, the owner, the Vince McMahon of this, he's probably the only other one who acted his ass off in this thing. But this guy's, <laughs> this guy's, yeah, because everyone else is kind of just basically doing either silence, like Puma doesn't even talk, I don't think. Um, right. Or is just kind of just doing regular stuff. But like, he's, 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 of, he's going for, he's Jack Blacking it all over this fucking. <laughs> a lot of that too was that, um, you know, a lot of these wrestlers for from Mexico and didn't necessarily speak English. So yeah. So there was a choice to make a lot of them silent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying yes, to remember who won this match. It was uh, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, pinned, he pinned Jack Evans. <laughs> yes. Which, and uh, uh, Davari ran in at some point and hit Big Rick, which is leading up, uh, setting up a thing that wouldn't happen because Big Rick would actually leave the company between seasons. Oh, um, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I like Big Rick. He was really cool. There's actually speaking. I, I know we don't really want to compliment Sexy uh, Star because of what we found out about her the arm breaking thing. But when she takes some of those hits, look really good. Yeah. Like when she when yeah. he picks because like I um so I'm a, I actually make films and so like I actually I actually have a feature film that I'm actually in post production on right now. And you haven't asked us to be in it. We're the <laughs> announcers in the film, aren't we? Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, MSU3K, I'll put you in the silhouettes for the commentary. <laughs> but, uh, a century of pride and tradition? Down yeah. Down the and, um, <laughs> and, but, but, but what's interesting is when you choreograph a fight scene for, for a film, and I imagine wrestling is the same way, it's the guy who's selling it who's doing almost more work than the yes, actual yeah. person doing the kicking. Because you, yeah. you, you'd have a person kicking very softly because you don't want to hurt the person. You know, and right. you what you do is you have the guy really react really hard, and also like sure. sometimes you have to cut a couple frames between the <laughs> between something <laughs> take it looks more snappy, but that's you know. Um, luckily, the the yeah. movie I was on, I rarely had to do that because the actress was actually pretty athletic. But like sometimes you will have to do that. We have to every other punch yeah. is like you're cutting out two one or two frames to uh, to get that impact. But um, but yeah, so that was when she, when Big Rick picks her up and then it throws her down. Like, that yeah. was, like, so violent. It looked like it hurt. I mean, it probably did hurt, obviously. But, I mean, like, hurt the way you're supposed to think it hurts. Not, you know, a stunt guy dealing with the... Which is, which is really right. nice. Some some of, the, some of the hits here were... And some of the, and also, again, it's the backflips. Like, as much as, like, I hated Jack Evans, because you're supposed to. He's, he looked like a fucking douchebag. And probably, he's probably <laughs> just a good actor. Maybe he's a nice guy. But the fact that he was so cool, though. The moves he was doing. Yeah. Um, There's a cool spin move that Aerostar did. Some of this stuff is, like literally like fighting game stuff which is fucking awesome which, which yeah I, especially especially i think this is probably one of the better matches in the entire two episodes was probably this 
Yeah. There, there wasn't as much like sloppiness because even the Puma fight coming up later, the headline had a lot of sloppiness where it's like you can't forgive it because mm-hmm. it's theatrical and all this other stuff like that. But this one had very seemed much less, and same with actually the the um the first fight with um Mundo and El Patron. Those these these two fights mm-hmm. definitely had the sloppiness and were so much more technical and look you know legit, which is cool. Yeah. And speaking of sloppiness, it's Tejano and Blue Demon. Oh yeah, fuck yep. this fight. This fight sucked. Like, unobjectively, <laughs> like I'm just gonna say I did not like this fight, and I liked him. I liked Tejano a lot. I thought he he looked like he was a guy who was talented who got he must have pissed off Robert somebody. <laughs> pissed well, off Mark in, in every right. show, in every show, and this especially was true uh, in WCW, and you could even see it today in in like WrestleMania shows mm-hmm. when you have a a match that you're supposed to just remember like oh my god that was an amazing match. It will always be followed by, or many times, be followed by a match that's like, eh. Yep. And it's <laughs> it, it's the commercial break. It's the bathroom break match. Yep. And that's what this was. Okay. So it's almost like a stage play where you have an intermission. You have like a little yes. scene while the actors yeah. are dressed and stuff. Okay. Yeah, because I, I like the setup. I thought the setup was really cool for this one. Like, yeah. e- even if he lost, um, to Hunter lost, like, it was so short. He was such a... Like, is he a good wrestler? He seems like he's a really good wrestler. He, he is a good wrestler. Yeah, he seemed because um, he was doing some really cool interesting shit. thing. Interesting thing about him in AAA. Uh, I'm sorry, in Lucha Underground, he's a good guy. But in AAA, because he's a cowboy from Texas and that's a Mexican promotion, he's a bad guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely gave out bad guy energy, yeah. even though they set him as a, as a as a baby face, which was yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Blue Demon, uh, they called him the original Rudo. Blue Demon uh, had the the legacy of the Blue Demon character in Lucha Libre goes way yeah. back. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, he's an he's MSC3K episode, right? I mean, and not, no, yes. for, for, for the movies, movies he did, yeah, too. Yes, him and El Santo. El Santo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, silver, it was silver mask, right? El Santo, silver goldish yes. mask? Yes. Yeah, and they fought, yes. they fought mummies and, and werewolves and yes. shit like that, yeah. Those are fun movies. Yeah, too. so he's Blue Demon um, Jr., so he's the son of, and that's what they're trying to say, that he's like, Inheriting his, or is he exactly? He's the he's the kayfabe son. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, he owed that blue junior demon. in Lucha Libre. Junior doesn't necessarily. It, it's more a legacy thing. Oh, okay. Uh, Rey Mysterio, for example, Rey Mysterio Junior, who is the Rey Mysterio you know, mm-hmm. is actually Rey's nephew, uh, the original Rey's nephew, and is only about three years younger than him. Okay, so so um, sort of like Watchmen was like Night Owl and Night Owl, Night Owl right, One, Night Owl exactly. Two. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's lots of superheroes that do that, but that's the one that first Old came to my mind. Flash and Silver Age Flash. Exactly, Wally West uh, and Barry Allen. Yes. Yeah, okay. um, so let's give this match the amount of time it deserves and go to the next match. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. I, just, yeah, well, I, I wrote notes I mean, for it, but you're right. Let's skip it. Fuck it. He, look, I, you know, I've, you know, I want to like Blue Demon, but, you know, it's not the 80s. Um, <laughs> well, I think the issue, too, is that he's had no personality. He was basically just... Yeah. He, he's, like, a guy who had, like, his, his cronies help mm-hmm. him. And the only thing that was kind of interesting, but, again, it's had no context for it. This is the only, the only mm-hmm. match I saw was the Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero? Is that his name? Chavo, yes. Chavo Guerrero, yes. Yeah, so he him coming in, and then you think he's going to help Tejano at first. But then he winds up hitting Tiana with a chair. Yeah, and then helps him lose. It's like, that was kind of interesting if I had more investment or if it's like, if the match is longer. I think that, honestly, I think the length is, my my opinion was the problem. So wrestling wasn't terrible. 
because again, like Dahano seemed very talented. Um, and the storyline could have been interesting. Like, again, like, I guess they, they were saying that like, Guerrero and, uh, the Blue Demon had actually bad blood, so it was actually, like, a huge twist that they actually helped him, I assumed. Yeah. Um, yes. which is confusing, because I didn't know if, like, the rivalry was with Tejano or with Guerrero, so I was like, yeah, that's I was like, I it's, it's another one, though, where the setup never really pays off, because in between seasons, Blue Demon would wind up retiring. Okay. Um, so. So it was, like, kind of a set for no reason. Yeah, yeah so they... They rewrote the Chavo storyline. And it was a way to get Chavo, one of the executive producers, into the show. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because okay. he had been uh, legit injured early in the year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, All right. And that brings us to our final match, which is Mil Muertes versus Prince Puma. Mm-hmm. And Dario has declared there must be a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, it seems obvious, but okay. Yes. What, what is it? What, what, what's the... Out of curiosity, again, he's not really right. What's that mean? Does there always have to be a winner? So I'm kind of curious what that even, the significance of that was. Because a lot of times you'll have a double disqualification or something happen where there wouldn't be a real winner and it just kind of leads to something new. So it's a common thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't aware of that. Okay. All right. And sometimes in in bigger name doesn't happen as much anymore it was very common in the 80s and 90s you had two great wrestlers so you didn't want to make one of them look weaker so you'd do something like a w disqualification or, or like superhero um, comics you'd yeah. have like oh we're gonna have you know spider-man and wolverine fight but there's gonna try there's a bigger threat they're gonna stop right the, exactly the act yeah yeah it's called a death definite if you will yeah. <laughs> yes if a death definitive the dusty finish. We're then. not going to have the heavy with the dusty finish here because it's going to be a real, real son of a plumber right in the middle of the ring, right? I, I know you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. And they make it. They make Maybe it's the going. Did my hearing aid go off? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. It's a, <laughs> that's that's the Dusty Rhodes impression. It comes up once in a Oh, Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. I thought somebody. I thought it was an impression of somebody else. So I'm a little more. Oh, thank that. you. <laughs> okay, I feel better so now. So during this match, um, the announcers make a real big deal about the fact that Conan isn't there to help Prince. Who the Conan. fuck is Conan? <laughs> Conan was a wrestler in the '90s. Okay. Uh, for WCW. And one and one of the founders of AAA. Okay. And one of the founders of AAA, and he is Puma's trainer. Okay. Well, I, 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 so I assume that he's like his Obi Wan or yeah. something, but they kept bringing such a big deal, and I was like, well, I had no investment with Conan. I have no idea who this guy is. But and yeah. for the for those who haven't figured it out yet, Prince Puma is Ricochet. That is correct, sir. And Mil Muertes is Ricky Banderas, who okay. uh, was from Puerto Rico uh, and uh, did a lot of stuff in AAA as well. Mill has that great old school wrestler. Like you don't see a lot of guys in this kind of shape exactly anymore. Yeah. Where he's not exactly fit, but he's not exactly fat. Uh-huh. He's just kind of beefy. Yeah, um, you don't see that anymore. Um, On the yeah. other hand, Katrina, Katrina, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, what's interesting about um, this match is I couldn't help but think actually there was actually a one to one. It seemed like. Mil Muertes was definitely Undertaker because he had the purple and black and he was like a dead guy. Yeah. And you had Hulk Hogan because he was like red, he was like orange and yellow and he was like, the, you gotta hear it from the crowd. And that's just, yes. It seemed like very like one to one in a way that nobody else really was. 
I, I don't I don't think he's actually from Boyle Heights, but yes, they they build him through the entire run of that show as being from Boyle Heights because that's where they filmed, mm-hmm. and so therefore he was the hometown boy. Um, yeah, and <laughs> yes, so exactly, and so that was kind of, I, I, I guess maybe like yeah. Cueto's. I guess he's Vince McMahon. His brother is kind of Kane ish, but other, yeah. other than that, everyone else seemed to be kind of their own thing. This is that was definitely the two where I was like, this is like it was like halfway through. I'm like, this is literally just those two characters fighting. Well, Damien, if you keep watching the show, you'll see the many faces of Dario Cueto when he is no longer Dario Cueto. Okay. Because mm-hmm. spoiler alert: Dario Cueto was killed. Oh shit. Probably, oh, some fan, so probably some fan fiction also, where it's like, we can finally kill Vince McMahon because he doesn't own the fucking company, so we can just kill him. <laughs> fuck him. Uh, fuck that guy, too. Honestly. But he but sucks. the cool thing is, yeah. the actor never leaves. Yeah. It's cool, yeah. Hey, he becomes something else, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So this match, um, in general, I thought was decent. Like, I think... The, it only made me very angry about this fight, honestly, was just that, just story-wise, it's like, just... I know you want to hit a woman, but just steal her rock. Attempt yeah. it, like maybe like he takes the rock but doesn't actually stop him or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't work the way he thinks it does. Like the fact that he just never thought about it just kind of made me not like Puma. Just like can't make him seem stupid. <laughs> like y- you don't have to fight him. He's dead. Just take the <laughs> rock, man. Yeah. Like, like I don't know that. And, and at least attempt. I I I understand if he has to lose. And like like my always it's always like James Bond. I always hated James. I still kind of do, but. Um, I like Daniel Craig movies, but like the James Bond movies, I never always hate as a kid. So it's like, want the bad guy just shoot him in the head, that kind of cliche thing. Right. But like my friends, like, you want him to die? I'm like, no, just make him clever. Just make it having like Casino Royale didn't bother me because they had an excuse why he didn't kill him. He had he had information, right. you know, or you know, it, it's fine to to not kill the hero. I'm cool with that. Just have a reason why you're not doing that, and just write around that. Be clever around that or have the character be clever around that. And it's like, to me, that was my only issue with this fight. It was a fun fight. I mean, like, he's a big guy versus a little guy. and He obviously was very talented. He's in oh, yeah, badass yeah. He flips was... and stuff. And um, and he, he's one of the best in WWE yeah. right now. He's in WWE as Ricochet without the mask. Oh, although he, although uh, Vince won't let him do anything, but, you know. Right, yeah. Well, well a couple notes that, that and, I had. A couple notes that I had. The dive onto Craig, the chair you, that Puma did. Do you know why he's unmasked in WWE? Why? Because Vince feels that only one character can wear a mask, and that's Ray. Ah, well, the inter- uh, but but Ricochet yeah. had also made a name for himself in all Japan or in New Japan as well without a mask. That's true. So that's true. Um, that's true. But yes, no, uh, but that's also why uh, Alberto El Patron. Yes, when he was Alberto Del Rio, stopped wearing the mask because Vince had a whole thing about no, uh, Ray is the only uh, only, I mean. Obviously, Sin Cara's come along since yeah. then, other people, but at the time, Vince's decree was, you know, Ray, because anybody else wearing it would be a little less special. Yeah, and El Hijo del Fantasma just lost his mask. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, Vince, it's not like fucking Lucha Libre isn't, like, extremely important and historically, like, uh, influential form of wrestling at all. Fucking racist right. piece of shit. Well, the biggest, the biggest <laughs> match, the biggest match you can have in Mexico is mascara contra mascara, uh, mask versus, versus mask, mask, where somebody's going to lose their mask. That's oh, the shit. biggest match in in Mexico. And like, these are fucking awesome. I have more of them. Yeah, I have a team. Here's of them. here's the irony of of Ray being the only mask guy in WWE. He's he was he was unmasked in WCW. <laughs> 
Yep, um, and is still not allowed to wrestle masked in Mexico. Um, oh, shit. Um, one thing I did want to say I thought was really fun about this fight, there's a cool corkscrew kick, but it's also um, where he uses Katrina as a weapon. Yes, and she yes. Picks, which is like, that should have been a thing where like, she drops the, the raw, he realizes, like, wait a minute. You know, I don't know. Like, that was... That should have been, like, maybe a later thing that happens, maybe. Um, yeah. And, um... And then, uh, and I think another really funny thing was, like, they had a, I, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, like, I don't know if I got it exactly right, but he's like, you can measure your muscles, you can measure your stamina, but you can't measure heart. Now, that was, like, the most yeah. fucking anime bullshit ever, and I loved it. That was, like, like, this entire fight, I kind of thought he might lose, because you had, like, the triple A lose, and I kind of assumed, like, as a storyteller, like, maybe you want to have, like, a downer ending before you can have the rise up, and I'd seen glows, I kind of knew about the chase, and... So I kind of had a, a feeling he might lose, but I definitely felt like, you know, I definitely was rooting for him. I did a really good job yes. of setting up Katrina as a really bad bad guy. He really set up this this other person as like, unstoppable. He really set up this person as like a hero, like a hometown hero, and like on the Aztec blood and stuff like that. They did a really good job, I think, of the, yeah. the kind of lizard brain part of uh, storytelling that, that wrestling is really good at is really uh, getting at the melodrama of, like, just, like, classic archetypal good versus evil, which is, like, not always good, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's fun to kind of dive into sometimes. And, sure. and, like, this is definitely that fun, basically. Like, this is, you know, Goku fighting Frieza or whatever it is. You know, it's his... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Spider-Man versus Dr. Octopus. Or, or yeah, any yeah. number of the, yeah, the, 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 the most the <laughs> elemental evil versus elemental good. And I think that's... Sure. And, and, and you can definitely have a lot of fun with that. And, I think it's, and again, for somebody who has no connection his new fuck conan is i, mean, I know conan o'brien is i know who conan the barbarian is <laughs> but i don't know who conan the k is sounds like a new metal band but um and it's not dick's new metal by the way i listen to new metal but i'm just saying like this is what it seems like and uh but yeah but the, the fact that like i didn't have any of that connection to puma and have any connection to the storyline and i can still have that rousing like i want him to win I think is, yeah. is, is a big testament to... Because you can do that wrong. I mean, like you said, the, the Roman Reigns, where it's like they're forcing this good guyness on you. And we can sense that. And, you know, I, I think that as somebody who gets... I'm still not a big fan of wrestling because like, just a lot of things I have to watch. Mm -hmm. But, like, I, there's still a talent to it. You can still acknowledge, yeah. like, when it's doing something well. And that was yeah. something about... They, they set that up. They set the up the underdog stuff. They set up the, 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 the conflict is, is insurmountable. It seems and you think he might get through but he doesn't and so it's definitely this I, I think a lot of that is what we were saying before is this is like this was a show that was produced by veteran television producers and it was um more packaged and sold as a, a traditional scripted tv show mm -hmm. and we've you know just over the course of our lifetimes ju are just so accustomed to reading the grammar of television mm -hmm. That, yeah, we can, you know, you can jump into an episode, you've never seen this before, and you still know who this is the bad, good guy, this is the bad guy, and you can get emotionally invested, mm -hmm. you know, sure. because it's just so well produced. Exactly. Um, yeah. A couple, things, yeah. a couple things that uh, avid listeners to this show will, will know, and remember, mm -hmm. I, I'm still trying to figure out who you are, but um, is <laughs> <laughs> uh, they realize that I'm a little hard of hearing. So yes. every now and then, something comes out that's really funny. Like when they were chanting, Mil, uh, Mil Muertes, Mil Muertes, yeah. all I was hearing was USA. <laughs> 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 
Well, I, I, I had to have captions on. I, I did. Have, I did have to have yeah. captions on because it was so late, and I, had, I knew I had to like take notes. It's like I didn't know how to keep rewinding back and forth to figure out what people were saying. So I just need to fucking stream. It's already taking me so long to fucking watch the shit, the stopping to write notes. So eventually, they would have a character named Vibor who would eventually go on to AEW as Luchasaurus. Ooh, I like that. And he became Luchasaurus because that's what they would chant at him. Yep. And he was so afraid in his first match that he thought that the crowd thought he was really green because what he was hearing was you just started. <laughs> oh um, no. <laughs> um, well, some of the, the, the uh, temple came to life by chanting suplex city at one point during yes. this. <laughs> well, like what, it's funny when you first had green, I thought you meant that his, his name is Luchasaurus. He was afraid that his paint, they thought his skin was green. Uh, and, and yeah, I know you mean like, uh, novice and, and and yeah but like exactly. but when you first said that like that until you mentioned that it's like oh it'd be cool to have a guy like a green it probably exists there's gotta be a wrestler that paint himself green oh sure that had to have happened uh yes but i can't think of it <laughs> exactly but it has they have fucking clowns um, and stuff, so it, it, everything's happened well, the, the ultimate warrior did all those crazy face paints oh, that's true um, and, 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 yeah the road warriors those guys mm-hmm. uh, all right and yeah, so um, right, Mil Mortes wins this one, which means doom and destruction for the temple. And of course, Katrina will become the authority figure role in the first few episodes of the next season, mm-hmm. because the final video package is everybody leaving. Mm-hmm. We've got Dario and Black Lotus escaping. We've got Phoenix being hunted by Queen King Cuerno. <laughs> uh, Marty the Moth kidnapping Sexy Star and taking her off to meet his sister. Well, that, that, yeah, that was like probably the final, yeah. like, ah, oh, this is not great. That was uh, cheerleader Melissa, right? Played his sister? You are correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, I will say that it was really awesome to see my two favorite characters just be buddies, which was Drago and Arrow. Um, yes. Ar- what's his name again? Arrow something? Aerostar. Aerostar. Yes. Like the- and they would actually be uh, a tag team. Are you fucking kidding? That's uh, awesome. Like that's such a yep. smart seasons it, 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 two and three. They they it was, um, they took all. Uh, it was Drago, uh, Aerostar, and who was the other one? I think it might have been Phoenix. A Phoenix, mm-hmm. and they were like mm, I think so. So they were like the superhero characters were all one team. Okay, which was kind of cool. What's Fe- what's Phoenix's um, uh, gimmick? Because all I knew is a silver mask. I didn't really get into his. I believe well, he's literally a phoenix. Yeah, Ray, um, Ray Phoenix actually is, uh, is Pentagon's brother. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, because I, I knew, um, I knew like Guano. He was like sort of like a hunter. They kept saying hunted and prayed, and there was always like yes. So like every character I knew. Oh no! Eventually, thing. eventually, in one episode, we'd get a shot of him at home with the trophy case in which actual people uh, <laughs> lived. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah, to crave the hunter shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did Craven hunt people? Yeah, he did hunt people. I don't know if he captured them. He just killed yeah. them. Yeah. Yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and then the final thing is we see the hooded figure again spraying the question mark on the Lucha Lucha Underground logo, which is mean. Yes, Ray is coming to the temple. So uh, uh, one thing we did skip was the um, was uh, everything with Queto because at first he's like in a in SU, black SUV with uh, the yes. with the black Lotus. Black Lotus, yeah. yes. Uh, and SUV, and they leave, and that's when you finally see the first shot of the cane or the Hulk or whatever that. He's, he's like growling. He's like his brother or something. Um, the monster Matanta. Monster Matanta. And then, so they drive off, but also, I think right before we see the, the, the guy in the hoodie, uh, we see him look at something like uh, red and glowing. 
Yes. That was like the last shot, and I was. Yes. What is that? <laughs> uh, that was um, the Infinity Gauntlet got involved in this show eventually. I'm not kidding. What? Um, <laughs> nope. He's right. Not not the actual Infinity Gauntlet, but Cage eventually became into a uh, the possession of a magical item that gave him superhuman strength. Uh, and, and, and he believe... would he would actually punch through a human later. Yes. Oh shit. Uh, I believe that's that's the thing that that's setting up. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, I mean, like you know, like I said, like the kind of goofiness and the campiness is like. Oh yeah, no. I again, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, there was a backlash on the show um, from the internet wrestling community that said essentially it's too goofy mm-hmm. you know you can't take it seriously <laughs> i can't take wrestling seriously okay i exactly that's, that's I oxymoron <laughs> when this show came out and i showed it to my girlfriend uh-huh. and she we watched about 10 minutes of it and she went oh i get it they're not pretending it's real. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, definitely not. And I said, yes, exactly. Nobody's pretending that this really happened. <laughs> um, yeah, and KFAB has been dead for what, since, like, since I was a kid. I mean, like, it was like, yeah. like Jay Leno in the early 90s killed it. Like, that was, like, pretty, I mean, people already assumed that was always kind of a controversy. But, like, embracing it, I think, is such a smart thing for them to do. You know, yeah. and I think the fear was always that oh, once they find out, you know, they end kayfabe, then you're gonna they're you're not gonna be interested because it's like the, the drama is no longer real. But it's like well, what actually frees you up because it frees you to allow right. you to do things like this, um, and it also really actually shows you know because they're still doing you know for instance like we, we didn't really mention it, but in the Vampiro and the the Pentagon Junior fight, like they're getting hit fluorescent bulbs, you're seeing the blood, and like. Yeah. You see them fall on the tacks, and you see like, and at one point, I can't believe we skipped this. Vampiro goes on fire, like literally goes on fire. Yes. Like he he yes. sets up a table, takes him like twenty minutes to do it, but he does it. Um, and then he puts the and it's funny because you see like Pentagon, like he's obviously not that hurt, but he's like acting like he's really hurt, so he gives him enough time to do it. Um, and yes. then puts it on fire, and then literally like Pentagon throws Vampiro on the on the flames. He actually goes on fire and doesn't have any of the safety. Stuff you normally have, right. like that kind of stunt. Um, so you know, there's still real hurt. People still do die. It still sure. is, and it's also still a, like a dance. It's and in fact, it actually gets more impressive, like you said, where you didn't even have the script. Where it's like it's improvised dance on top of that. Like, so yeah. you're not only doing a stunt show, but you're doing a stunt show that isn't like Waterworld from Universal Studios, where every beat is like to the millisecond. It's literally them having to be gym- gymnasts and actors and all these different skill sets into one thing so you can appreciate it on that level um you know without having and that's what got me into it i think even as tangentially as into it as i am you know um is understanding that knowledge is actually like made me like it more uh and respect it more i think respect is the right word i'm not sure i don't really watch it recreationally but respect it more than the kfab stuff because you're thinking these these guys are assholes fuck these guys (laughs) these guys are like the Rock is a dick. If you, again, if you, if you believe it's all real, then some of these guys are murderers and rapists and you know pieces of shit. Exactly. You know, some of them are murderers and rapists, but like you know, uh, it's not, let's well, not talk about the the most famous case. But but the thing is, is like, um, if it allows us to respect them, you can respect them as performers. You can respect them. It's as, yeah. okay. Every baseball fan I know 
like people that are really into baseball will tell tells me the same thing and that that's it's not about the game the game is secondary to following statistics mm-hmm. um wrestling's kind of like that it's not about wins and losses it's about a peek into this bizarre world in which kayfabe and the behind the scenes stuff is happening simultaneously mm-hmm. and it's both parallels are just as fascinating exactly how they intersect sometimes yeah. as well Yeah, exactly. Kfabe died because athletic commissions were starting to think that it was real or were treating it as though it was real. And Vince McMahon had to go, no, we're not really doing it to this guy, so it's not illegal. And by the way, you can't tax us if we're just doing a play like you can if we have to have licenses to wrestle. So we're going to become entertainers. And that's where that went from. By the way, interesting, uh, interesting connection between the Waterworld show that you mentioned yeah. and professional wrestling. The star of that Waterworld show for quite a while was Christopher Daniels. Oh wow! Who's that? Who's a wrestler uh, in AEW? Wrestler. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, he's wrestled. He over the past twenty years, he's wrestled everywhere that wasn't WWE. <laughs> cool. Um, WCW, Impact, Ring of Honor, and he was always great. He was usually the best wrestler they had, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason just never made it in WWE. It was, it was almost like a second talent, too, where you have to be good at the mic and also the... Um, exactly. Also the, so if you can be a technical good wrestler, but if you don't have the personality to back it up, and sometimes it's like... I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that definitely happening. Uh, what's funny... Oh, we've talked about that on this show when we talked about Terry Taylor. Mm-hmm. What's mm. funny is the sports entertainment thing where they where, where you watch like WWE meets uh, the Flintstones or something, where right, Fred Flintstones right. constantly, oh, he's a sports entertainment star. It's like never like a wrestling star. Like they have they're pointedly always sports entertainment, which I thought was really funny when I found that out. Um, well, part of that is considering that he owns the uh, number one wrestling company in the world. Vince McMahon kind of hates wrestling. Um, Mm -hmm. he doesn't call it, you know, on his show. They're not called wrestlers. It's not called wrestling. Um, yeah, it's, you know, he claims WWE doesn't even stand for anything because he he doesn't, you know, they're not fans. It's the WWE universe. They're not belts. They're championships. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it it seems like a really gross thing. I remember like, so I, so a lot of the, the terms that I've learned, and kind of through osmosis is from a. Have you guys ever listened to the podcast uh, Giant Bomb? It's like a video game podcast. Uh, no. So yeah, they're they really so some of the commentators on there, they're the let's players and different things. They have a podcast, and they, and like three or four of them out of like six are like huge wrestling fans, and so they relate things to video games or to right. like movies and stuff like to wrestling. So that's kind of why I've gotten the like, kayfabe and sure. Mark and all that stuff like that from them, and uh, through like secondhand. <laughs> And but, the, but it's funny because they were saying like with WWE is that like it's like they're saying they're really playing up New Japan and they're really playing up uh, or, or or like gassing up like saying this is something you should like care about. It's also that like Triple H apparently yeah. is like looking at young talent. And it's actually really kind of like cutting edge in the way that Vince McMahon isn't. Yes, and, and so that's that's true. Yes, that is true. Yeah, many people would say if Vince McMahon stepped aside, wrestling would become good again. <laughs> well, WWE would become good again because AEW is great. And, yeah. yeah. 
Impact can be good. Yeah, and that's cool. That AEW is actually like a legit competition to it because, like, I think people are just like just wanting that. It's almost kind of like a, a release valve, almost. And, well, and they're trying what's... to bring sports back into it with wins and loss records and trying to make it worth something. That's awesome. But there is also like a Lucha Underground style goofiness that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there is an alien character. That's um, awesome. Let's go. Let's, yeah, let's go full yeah. hog on it. I mean, like, exactly because like the the appeal of it, wrestling. I imagine is is the goofy characters is like sure because you look at something MMA you look at something like boxing like you can have over the top characters and you have the Mike Tyson's how callback as they are as he is but uh, you know they can be as cartoony and ridiculous as as you need them to be because at the end of the day boxers still real people MMA are still real people and you're you're kind of limited on how extreme you can be you can't be an alien you can't be a dragon you can't be you know um, yes but. AEW has actually found a really sweet spot where it all still seems like athletic competition, but the characters are things like aliens and Tarzans and dinosaurs, and it's it's like this really interesting sweet spot. That, that, that's there. fucking awesome. I actually yeah. might check that out, actually, because I think that... I can definitely see Lucha Underground sometimes being too cinematic in the sense of, like, yeah, the stakes are a little too high. Like if the guy's a little mm-hmm. dragon, why is he wrestling in this like right. thing? There, there, there is sort of that. It's a fun disconnect, I think, for me. It's especially something who's like you know, but but at the same time, like it just really makes sense. Like you know, that's why I think the appeal to superheroes, the appeal to so it shows an anime or Mortal Kombat or fighting games in general, yeah. where it's like you can kind of uh, the sort of otherworldliness is sort of I think part of the appeal of it. I mean, so Andre the Giant was such a big. You know, so popular. Sure. He, was like, he was literally a giant. I mean, and and, and right. to you know, kind of go back a little bit to his carny roots, ex- exploitative roots, but it's still there's there's the reason why that stuff works, yeah, or can work. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah, this was this was fun. I mean, like like it's also cool to kind of see it. You know, again, I like I have a lot of friends who who are in the industry to a certain extent, and I have people who like right. I listen to who are really into it, and have friends who watch it. So it's kind of cool to actually you know get a firsthand account of it, and also like the kind of video games I've been playing for so long. To actually see the real yes. thing. Yeah. Give it some context, yeah. yes. So. Okay. All right, and that leads us to... Craig, you want to take it? What did you learn on the show tonight, Damien? <laughs> uh, I learned actually quite a bit. I mean, like, well, especially like all the different... Uh, more, more talk with you guys, I guess. Um, but definitely all the different companies. Because I knew about AEW, yeah. I knew about New Japan. But I wasn't realized how... And I knew about Independence. I didn't know that you are just talking about Triple I didn't know what Triple A is. I, I probably should have asked, but like, you know, there's so many you guys are talking about. Um, I think that's kind of cool if there is this. Kind of, and um, and I learned about well, it's you know the you know Luchador stuff. I mean, just about the different like backgrounds of these 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 uh, you know stars and yeah yeah. Well, uh, just to bring up the independence, when I was in middle school and high school, um, the other thing that I loved besides wrestling was comic books. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that on the show before. Mm-hmm. And if you were not a comic book person, you knew Marvel and DC. Yeah. But, um, you know, I remember when Image started and that was a big deal. Oh, sure. You know, I remember Eclipse. I remember Dark Horse and, you know. Malibu. Um, <laughs> right, Malibu. Yes. Ugh. Wrestling's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know the WWE, if you're not a wrestling person. If you are a wrestling person, you follow all the other promotions, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Damien, please tell us 
uh, put yourself over, put to, over your work. Please. Oh, for sure. So I am actually a uh, film news editor uh, for the uh, horror film news on Arrow in the Head. Um, you can look up that. Uh, and I also do, I edit. Um, so I do a ser- uh, monthly series uh, called uh, Best Horror Movie You Never Saw, which is on a, um, Joe Blow Horror videos. Um, mm-hmm. So I've done uh, videos on society, dead calm, uh, frailty. Oh, calm's great. Yeah, so like, it's kind of films that, like people aren't really. I, I just in fact this month I just did one on Screamers, with that Peter Whaler movie from the nineties. <laughs> oh right, right, uh, right. So I did that. So 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 that's what um what I do kind of to pay the bills. Um, but I'm also working on a feature film, like I mentioned a little earlier. Uh, it's actually it's called um, it's in post production. Open sense of festivals like early next year, late this year for even our festivals. Exciting. And it's yeah. um. It's called. I just sent out. I actually just released a trailer, actually, but uh, it's called Reunion of Champions. And literally, the, the log line is um, a dramedy. Of, uh, it's basically Mortal Kombat meets The Big Chill, about about <laughs> these fighting game ca- kind of characters that. who fought a big evil five years ago, and then now it's like set present day where they're having a reunion, like a dinner, and they deal with like there's no there's been no existential threats. Now they're dealing with like crumbling marriages, right. drug abuse, dead end jobs, and trying to make a living to fight great. people. So that's sort of uh, what I'm working on right now. And again, I'm pushing back on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been... Can I, ma- can I make a re- recommendation for the best horror film you never saw? Yeah. Death Dream. Death Dream. When, well, how old is that? Because like, my boss won't let me... Oh, I probably shouldn't say this. It's from the early 80s. Okay, that would definitely fit. Yeah, Maybe. And it's it's one of the overlooked Tom Savini movies. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the one. He's the one that did the uh, Night of the Living Dead remake, right? In the nineties, Tom Savini. Yeah, okay. yeah, but he's like he's more known as as a makeup artist. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, yeah it's uh, it, 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 the makeup in that. Oh, also speaking of D- Dawn of the Dead, he's also the asshole who hides the fact he's a vampire. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, All right. Yeah. So that's where you can find. You can also find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram. It's just my name. I luckily have a. <laughs> luckily, nobody has my name. Uh, right. so, um, I sound like uh, the name of a super villain or a lead singer of like a black metal band, but it's actually my real last name. It's, uh, Damien Damaski. <laughs> so it's D-A-M-I-O-N, D-M-A-S-K-E, and just no spaces. And you can find me on either, uh, you can, I was going to say on Facebook, but don't find me on Facebook. I'm probably going to add you, but, um, but Instagram <laughs> and Twitter, you can find me. And of course, I'm doing my one-man show called uh, Quarantine, the one-man show, where I tell the entire story of my life to whatever audience happens to be there, uh, and and they're all six feet away behind a wall. So uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure if I'm getting laughs or how long the show will be going. Uh, Apparently, here in Ohio, it could be going a lot longer, according to our governor, but uh, (laughs) you can always catch me uh, doing that uh, to no one. So that's where you can find me. I was actually going to ask you to plug the GWF reunion. Uh, I can do that too, uh, except I'm trying to remember what the, uh, I think it was the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast uh, has the Global Wrestling Federation reunion where myself, Scott Hudson, Steve Prezak, Rod Price, uh, Sam Houston, and uh, one of our great crew members, Bob Hazelwood, all appeared. It's two hours of just nothing but Global Wrestling Federation stories, and it was an absolute joy. And I believe it's called the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Oh, cool! I'm gonna check it we'll out. Put, we'll put it in. We'll put it in the Twitter. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the Twitter. Um, and yes, um, 
the Twitter is WKIF-pod. Um, actually, I'm not sure there's a dash. I think it's <laughs> no a, dash it's is WKIF, needed. No, no, no dash needed. It's WKIF pod. Uh, that is where you can find us on the Twitter. Uh, rate and review us like always. And until next time, keep it kayfabe. Mm. Bye. Have a good one. Yeah. Uh-